The Thrivecast is sponsored by Intuit. Intuit QuickBooks is dedicated to helping accounting professionals save time and grow their practice. With products and services like QuickBooks Online Accountant and the QuickBooks Pro Advisor program, you can truly boost your efficiencies, collaborate with clients, and play a pivotal role in fueling their success. Follow the link in the show notes to find out more. In the Thrivecast right now, people are listening. I know, I know, and and what and, and what an honor that they do That's that. An honor, and we got and we've got some cool stuff to bring today. That's just like that's gonna hit people right where we're talking about virtual firms and and about some of the intricacies and some of the pitfalls and right. this is this is like kind of I, I hope what we end up with Dennis is kind of a lot of the deeper nuance of what it takes to start a virtual firm and to maintain a virtual firm that's right and we will figure that out before we get started though we want to talk about just a couple of things we got to remind you guys about which uh, uh-huh. is the thrival incubator this is a boot camp two and a half day boot camp we hold live in Greenville uh-huh. And Julie and I teach that. So May is filling up. Uh, so you want to go to thrival.com slash incubator to check it out, people. Uh-huh. Cause you don't have a whole lot of time left. No. Until May. May's no. gonna be here before you know it. Cause right. you're gonna go into like this uh tax season Coma. stupor. Stupor. And, and once you wake up and you're like, what happened? What just happened? And then <laughs> and then you well, go, I, Yeah, I gotta get strategic again. Hold up. <laughs> Who puts me in the stomach? <laughs> <laughs> and then you look, and, and it's probably going to be full. It's, it's going to be full. full. And you're going to be like, ah, oh, stupid tax season, stupor. <laughs> and then, and so do it. So just do it now. You do it now. Do it now. Come on. Okay. Like a grown-up. The other thing you need, not a bad idea to, to, to sign up for now either, is Deeper Weekend 2020. Our 10th Deeper Weekend. This Kid. is the 10-year anniversary, which I can't even believe. because I can't either, man. Because, dude, okay, because oh. I still have the T-shirt from the first Deeper Weekend. Are you I do with that old logo of, like, the seed that turns into a tree. Oh, my there, The God. acorn nut. <laughs> Nobody's got that. I have it, and I'm selling it on eBay for fifteen thousand dollars. <laughs> it's the buy it now price is fifteen thousand oh, dollars. Haven't had a whole lot of hits yet, but I no. know. But the clock is, is still a lot of time on the clock. So, well, um, when we announced that at Deeper Weekend, <laughs> Greg Kite's first Deeper Weekend shirt, <laughs> people are gonna like. They're gonna hit it, and they're gonna yeah. drive the price up. I know that's true. That's Might be true. twenty-five grand. Could be, could be. You never know. So that's that's happening in October. If it, you know you want to go, so just go and lock in the space now. Because again, that's we, there's a cap in terms of how many people can oh, yeah. come. Yeah. We've been hit. We've been we've been selling out uh, for deeper weekends. So go get in there. Make sure you got your spot because we would really like to make sure that everybody can come and be a part of it yeah. and get get in on the on the great stuff. And it's going to be extra special here because the whole thing's going to be it's oh, going to yeah. be a whole party with it being ten years. Yeah. Uh, because that's because that's a gi- that, I mean we know that's a gigantic that's milestone huge. for you know for whatever it is you know yeah. oh for, yeah you know when you own a car for ten years you know it <laughs> and you're like I didn't total this thing yet that's pretty cool I'm a, <laughs> I'm a bad you're like this is fully depreciated that's so, right so, <laughs> completely I mean not so, tax wise it's no, already no. I mean it's already been that for but right. like, I mean like like for real to 
fully depreciated. <laughs> like, right for real. Okay, for real. Okay, so like now in the, real, in the real sense of the word, that's right. That's a okay. beat. That's a beat broke ass car. So you did it. You did that's it. right. So so come to the to the beat. Broadcast deeper weekend. No, that's <laughs> no, 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 right. that's not no, no, what, no, no, that wasn't where I was going with the no, analogy. This is tenth anniversary. Like Julie and I are doing some major planning right now. Even the special venues for the event and yeah. just what we're going to do is just going to be something. I think that's going to yeah. be uh, well, really. And that's, it's going which, cool. which I'll tell you, that, and that means something. You got that. One of the cool things. I mean, obviously, obviously, the coolest stuff is all the learning and all the the, the ways that people are get stretched at deep oh, yeah. weekend. But you guys always do such a great job with the food and with the venues and all that stuff. Oh, yeah. And if you're up in the game, for, I don't even know how you could up the game oh, because you yeah. guys, you guys, game with all that stuff is already so great. So I'm, I'm, I'm waiting to. I mean, I'm sure minds will be blown constantly. Oh, yeah. Well, it's going to be it's going to be venues again that people just haven't ever seen yeah. some of them, and it's gonna it's just we you know we love doing that we love yeah. creating yeah. the experience and the space and yep. it it we think it does a lot that that space and experience food we have a heart for how we yeah. feed people and what that yep. means to us and it just sets them up for an experience to listen and to be cared yeah. for yeah uh, and you know anyway that's just yeah. the stuff we love to yeah. do. So, so get on it. If you're not already signed up, get on it. You can do that dw.thrival.com or, or for any of the stuff you want to know anything thrival does, uh, d- just send it. You got a question info at thrival.com and uh, we'll get back to you and let you answer any of your right. questions. We can hold your hand, get you where you need to go, uh, navigating any of the, of the many things that thrivals do and if that you, that you want to be involved in. That's right. Okay. So now our show, we're diving into virtual firms. Yeah. Um, and so I've done some, what? Go, no, go, go, go. I, <laughs> I just have, well, I have a funny, can, can I tell my funny story? Okay. I got a funny story. Just from, just from right now, from this morning, because okay. we recorded this in, in the morning. Yes. And just this morning, I, I put on the news, you know, just while I'm farting around getting ready to, to, to record the podcast. <laughs> and there was, there was a commercial on the TV from a, it was, it was a furniture store, just a local, one of the big local furniture stores here in Utah. Yeah. And the, and the whole, the, the, the gist of the commercial was, was, Hey, we're having a sale. And this isn't like a BS sale because everybody thinks that furniture store sales are BS. Like it's, and, and they made the analogy. It's like, this isn't like somebody says they're going to work remotely and they're just playing video games all day. That's <laughs> not because that's what people do when they say they're going to work remotely. Right. Just play video. So, right. so like that was, that was the gag in the commercial today is that anybody who works remotely in a virtual kind of setting, it's BS and they're and, just farting around really and, and not that really is not working. true. But that's yeah. the conception that's out there that is and it's right. there for a reason. But it doesn't have to be that way. No. Well, and the reason we're talking about it is because certainly in firms, a virtual model is not a common model. Now, people listening might go, well, no, I'm hearing a lot about it. Well, I think it's becoming a trend. So you are hearing a lot about it, but there's not a lot of people doing it. And there's probably not a lot of people who have done it very long. Like Julie and I have been doing it for seven or eight years. Yeah. And so we've learned. You know, seven or eight years in building a firm, not only virtual, just in, you know, growing a firm, you learn a lot. But we've been doing, you know, I guess half we were a brick and mortar and half were virtual, really. Uh It's kind of now how that's working. And we've learned so much 
And yeah. we're going to go through seven points that I actually have 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 shared with other people in some webinars mm-hmm. and stuff. And we're going to talk about you know the ups and downs of virtual and things we learned. Um, and so I'm going to hit it. Here, seven yeah. tips for leading a virtual firm. I'm going to jump in. Yeah, do it. And I'm going to ask you tons of questions because I've seen these tips and I've got questions. Okay. So number one is the importance of culture building, which we uh-huh. talked about. And for each of these seven points, we have a couple of different sub points, right? Underneath yeah. those. So, uh, so culture building is so huge. Uh, and basically one focuses, uh, one sub point is creating a safe place for team members to build trust with one another, which is really easy in person. Okay. But it, you cannot do it virtually unless you do it on purpose. Okay. I get uh, that. Now, of course, you could <laughs> you could also here's what's also real easy in person uh-huh. is hating and annoying one another. That is also very easy. <laughs> right. 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 Yeah, so, like like eroding trust is easier in person right, as well. Exactly. Right. Okay. So building trust and eroding <laughs> trust are both super easy uh, in person. Uh, in person. And they're both super difficult virtually. <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. So I'm going to back up just a half a step. Okay, yeah. Here's my big question because I know we've talked about trust and we've talked about building trust at your yeah. firm, virtual or or whatever. One of the things, and, and based on your presentation, you know, on, on the stuff that you've done before about virtual firms, it, it sounds like trust is, why is trust between members so important in a virtual firm? Because I would get it as if I'm managing a virtual team, I, the trust is very important from th- that I trust my team members. Again, back to right. that commercial yeah. kind of going, I want to make sure you're not just farting around playing, right. you know, playing Minecraft all day. Right. Uh, but because that's what grownups play is Minecraft. <laughs> right. And, uh, and I want to, I also want to, uh, and I, and I get it that the team members need to trust the person who's in charge of them, who's leading them because, right. uh, because that's, but, but it sounds like trust between the team members on the same, like, like horizontally yeah. on the organizational chart. It sounds like that's important too. Why is that important? Cause I would see you're kind of isolated and you maybe don't have to work a whole lot horizontally, but it sounds like that kind of trust is also important. Well, I think, well, I think it's that probably is not a virtual concept. I think trust among team members in a service-based organization is uh, actually more important than in other type business models. Like, uh, say, okay. a manufacturing model, uh-huh. that model is a produce the stuff on the machine you're operating kind of thing. Right. But in a service-based model, a service-based model meaning we sell stuff from our minds uh-huh. Uh, I think there's a lot of collaboration that's necessary. Okay. I think there's a lot of growth among people. And I think that's actually true, whether you're a virtual or a brick and mortar okay. firm, gotcha. you have to trust the people you work with because of the way you have to work in a services model. Okay. Like there's gotcha. nothing anybody sells except what they produce and think out of their mind. And okay. so you, you can't have a bunch of people that hate each other and actually <laughs> do that well. Right. So that is a, that is something you definitely have to do have to work on. So, so that's point number one. Okay. Well, um, I got, but I got oh, another got question. More? Yeah. Okay. What, okay. So what, what would you say that if the, is there a difference? Is there something that needs to be different in the culture of, because, because a lot of this stuff, I think if you just look at the face of all seven of your points, you go, that's awesome stuff. Makes sense why you'd need that in a virtual firm, but you need it in a regular firm too. Yeah. But, so I, one of the things I want to ask is what, is there anything, what's, what's, is there, is, is there a word that you can latch onto about culture that needs to be there for a virtual firm that's more important than for a a, a normal traditional firm? Does that make sense? 
Well, yeah, like I think, what, yeah. like what, what, what needs it? Like, Cause you guys made a change from a traditional firm to yeah. a virtual firm. Was, what was a bit of culture that had to tweak to make virtual firm work that you maybe didn't emphasize as much in a traditional firm? Yeah, I, I will say one. Okay. And I think, you know, one thing you're saying is what is different, right? Yeah. Right. Culture-wise. Right. Culture-wise. Culture and I will say this, the word intentional okay. is the key because Okay. Culture in a brick and mortar firm can happen anecdotally, accidentally, right. sort of, right? Right. You can kind of be with people and enjoy and grow with people, okay. being with them and the nuance of seeing them, their emotions, the their favorite coffee cup, all these weird uh -oh. little things you don't think about. But in a virtual firm, no culture building happens really okay. unless it is completely intentional. Okay. It's all purposeful, It's which means it's all planned. Uh -huh. And so if you're not a good planner, then you're kind of not going to get culture building done well in a virtual firm. So intentional, okay. that is a huge difference. There's no nuance. There's no accidental culture building. Gotcha. There is only people being alone in their homes and people doing that will tend to uh, disappear, go away, become islands under themselves. That's just uh, all real common human behavior yeah. in these situations. So intentional is always pulling them together, pulling them together, pulling yeah. them. And there's rhythms to that. And so we gotcha. use meetings to do that, team meetings. Okay. And so we also build certain ways in which we want our teams to collaborate together. Like we have a model uh -huh. where they actually can't produce service unless they're working with another team member to produce the service. So, right. And we inject that on purpose so that that person can't build their dashboard unless they're talking to that person. It ain't going to happen. So okay. they have to meet. So yeah. what we're always doing is yeah. pushing everybody okay. towards one another. I, I, dude, I totally get that. I love that. That makes that makes sense because it's funny because you know so so I work for a group of medical office buildings. Yeah, that's a that so my whole job has to do with a physical location. Yes. So really, and, and not that we couldn't do a lot of our stuff that we do virtually, but a lot of what we do is make sure these buildings run properly. That's really the service that we're giving. So we have yeah. to be there. And it's funny because what you said because a lot of what I've done as a manager that's been very as I have I have intentionally made it so. That that we don't have to be intentional about building those relationships because right. I because I I co office with uh with with my maintenance manager just so then so we made it so it's it's kind of like what they said at like Pixar I think where they made the building so that people would have to like run into each other yes. when they're at that thing. So, so you could do that where you go, I've got this thing set up. So these accidental meetings happen, but yeah. if you're a virtual firm, you go, Oh, I can't do that. That's right. impossible. That's okay. right. I love that, man. That's really cool. Okay. That's really cool. I did. Now, it. okay. So there ain't no way we're going to get through all seven. Heck no. Heck no. <laughs> but we always you know, do that. You know us. That's okay. Y'all so, know us people. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Okay, virtual processes. Tell me about vir number two is virtual processes. Number two is virtual processes. So uh -huh. um, the, here's the way we learned this. All right, we had brick and mortar processes. And then uh -huh. we thought those processes are the same processes as virtual. So we followed the same processes virtually. Okay. And let me tell you, that did not work. Okay. And let me and let me give you a real specific example. Yeah, I've, I've given this example to people before. So brick and mortar, we call somebody. We say, "Come pick up your tax return. It's ready." Uh huh. That human walks it right. So there's the process. Yeah. Pick yeah. up your tax return. Right. 
I'm part they of the want- process. I'm part because right. <laughs> I because I'm not in a firm. Okay. So and, I, and do I, I do I do I do a lot of the grunt work for our tax return. But you know, seven fifty four voodoo. I don't get it. I don't understand that. I've tried. I'm too stupid. I'm no stu- I am too stupid to understand 754 crap. So we, so no, we that's, gi- that's pretty confusing stuff. So we give it. So we give it to this. We give it to the CPA firm, and then when they're done doing their, you know, black magic, then they say <laughs> we're done. Come and get your s- satanic K ones. <laughs> well, they probably don't know how to do it either. Kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> They okay. copy so, last so, year's spreadsheet. Come on. Right. I know. Well, that, no, that's what I do. I copy oh. the spreadsheet well, and then I let them, you well, know, everybody's whatever. copying spreadsheets. That's right. not so, good. But anyway, so what? <laughs> okay. so, so you call somebody so, say, pick up your tax return. Right. Now, when they come, here's what actually happens. Uh-huh. You go, you review the tax return with them right uh, there. Right. Yeah. Maybe an individual. Then yeah. you ask them to pay you right there. Uh-huh. Then you ask them to sign it. Right. And the fourth step, they actually pick it up and walk out the door. So, so, I get uh, it. so b- b- brick and mortar, you have processes that are totally embedded with one another. Right. You have no idea. So here's what we did. Virtually, we followed the same process. Now, yeah. we <laughs> though we went, wait, people aren't signing their returns and they're not paying for them. They picked them up. <laughs> uh-huh. And we're like, wait, we've got some steps. Right. And then we went. Oh, right. they're embedded in that one step. So we yeah. had to break. And again, this leads That's, to it being very intentional. We had to break yeah. it all out step yeah. by step, a right. proper order or virtual. It doesn't happen unless it's a step. You got to have a bunch of steps, right? Because virtually yeah. they are actually not coming to the office. They're actually signing it in one step. They're paying for it in one step. They have yeah. a meeting designated to review it with their CPA in another step. So. Uh-huh. All of that has to be its own steps, and that right. that blowed up that blowed up our heads. Right, and and yeah, I think you nailed it. Where it's like again, there was stuff that happened that you're able to do just sort of on the fly. Yeah, that made sense. But now your virtual has to be intentional. How these things right. that were easy and just could kind. Of, oh, you're here. Hey. Good, good. Let me just let me talk you through this real quick. That's while right. you're while you're in way at the door. Here's this. Here's this. Oh, and by the way, it's you know this thing costs uh, four hundred dollars because back then you're probably way undercharging. Right. So you go. So you go. How do we? How and do we? Four bucks. You got you got that in your pocket. So yeah, I get that. Right. Now, now it's got to be. And so the virtual processes have to be just right. like the importance of culture buildings. The the first point. It's in, the word is intentional. Okay. So here's the so that's so, it. So one of the things you say in here is that the processes need to make sense for everyone. Does that mean that when you're creating the process that you're that you are extra like democratic in how you create the process? No. 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 But you get feedback from for sure. Oh, yeah. You gather te- feedback, but it's not a democratic process. No. Well, here, pro- what are processes for? Processes are to move a firm he- in a healthy way through its value production and creation. Uh-huh. And whether the team likes it or not is not the biggest issue we're dealing okay. with. It's what drives value for our clients. Now, but yes, our team is very smart. They actually know the process as well. So, uh-huh. Julie and I would be foolish to not ask them for feedback, which we do, right. and we need them so much. But a uh-huh. process is not for a team member. It uh-huh. is for what is best for the firm. Okay. Gotcha. Which that's cool. that's true brick and mortar or virtual. Right, right, right. Right. You well, can't I mean, build processes around people because right. 
because people got preference and they're like, well, I don't want to do that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, And you're like, well, you know what, in your process, don't worry about it. Right. Well, that's the whole thing where when I, for the year I was at the, at the firm that I worked for, it was like, like everybody, had, I, I wasn't in the, uh, the assurance department, but those guys were like, yeah, we got a new system like two years ago, but most of us still use the old one. It's like, <laughs> okay. what? what? No, like you, you can't do that. Can you, you can't, you're doing that. Okay. So let's go to the next one. Cause we don't have time for anything. Um, <laughs> the third hiring. one, hiring requires vetting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So probably, oh, actually, you should always really vet pretty hard the people you hire. Yeah, regardless. Or, again, or virtual. Yeah, exactly. Because, you, I mean, right. this. The, when I read this, the first thing I ever think about whenever we talk about people is I think about the Jim Collins book and getting the right people on the bus. Yeah. So it doesn't yeah. matter what industry you're in, what company no. you're in. Everybody wants to get – the and, and there are good people who are amazing at what they do, and you're fighting for them. That's right. And and there are going to be good people. So here's the thing. Is but I'm, this I'm is going, not what we're talking about. Because no. w- what you're saying is generally hiring is such a huge key for any company, virtual mm-hmm. or brick and mortar. That's just a right. general statement. Right. But right. in virtual, what you find is people, when you say, we're looking for go-getters, right? Right. 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 You, right. Yeah. <laughs> you kind of do have to have go-getters. Yeah. You have to have people who understand we will probably tell you less what you need to do than uh, in another company because we don't see you or know right. are you in are you going to the bathroom right now uh-huh. or are you working right now? Right. Uh-huh. We have some ways we try to figure that out. Not really right. the bathroom part, but when they're working. And so they have they have Virtual team members have a little bit of a heavier responsibility to manage and move their work forward on their own mm-hmm. without being without being traditionally managed like a parent-child relationship. Yeah, right. They have to keep up with their work, and we give them a lot of tools and training, but the, the burden is more heavy on a virtual team member to keep things moving. And if you okay. get a slack butt in your firm, uh, uh, they're just going to kind of fart around and stuff's right. going to drop real fast. Right. And it ain't going to be good because they're not able to self-manage or like be self-organized. You know, right. that's a big so, deal. Okay. So let me, let me ask this. Let me see if I'm getting this then because, because this is the feeling that I got again when I read this, when I read through your points is that at a traditional firm, you can, you can go, okay, we think this guy is probably going to be good uh, it's hard to tell. You never know until somebody starts working here. So we'll put him in the spot. And if he sucks, we'll just, we'll just kick his ass every day till he gets <laughs> the work done that we do. Hopefully we don't have to do that, but that's an option. And we're already doing that with Steve over there anyways, cause he's, he barely gets done, but with a virtual <laughs> firm that can tank an entire oh, sh- situation. It- it's like, it's not, you don't have with, no. without having that physical presence, you can't just be like, Steve, get, get it done. <laughs> do the do the job. You can't. You just have you to be like. That. You're either doing it or you're out. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. You you kind of what happens? And so you got to vet people so you don't have to just flush them immediately. That's right. And they're they're they'll fall behind more quickly. Not let's see. They'll fall behind in ways you may not notice. Right. Through, through, because right, what you don't have in virtual is a lot of the nuance. Now mm-hmm. now Julie's real good about having the feel for the team even virtually within the tools like. We have created our own very specific processes and models and tools so that we can feel a sense of the team working or not or struggling or not. But generally, if you don't have any of that, you're a new virtual firm, you don't know to put that stuff in place. What will happen is they'll get behind on their work 
and you won't catch it as fast and you right. get two or three weeks behind on a project that was due last week, you're yeah. kind of screwed. Yeah. And so th- stuff will like right. hit the fan real especially big. If you don't, especially if you don't know it, if there aren't like things in place. Right. Again, going back to intentional, if you don't know it, so it's like, hey, this thing's ready to go. Everybody did their stuff right. And then there's, and like, then no. there's, there's Janice didn't. who's like, nope, it's Steve. Yeah, it's Steve. Of course or, it was Steve. Why did, I think, why did I think it was Janice? She's great. Janice is doing her stuff, man. She's, yeah, she's you she's know she's awesome. For, but freaking Steve, Steve uh, is the God that guy. Okay, which okay. So this is funny. So I one of the things that I do remember. So back to the whole thing. It's like we want to get a go getter here, right. and it's like everybody. I remember when I was. I think I was just in like early college. I I applied for a job as a parking lot attendant. <laughs> And I remember, and I did not get that job. That's how bad I suck because of any, but, but, but here's what I remember. Here's what I remember about it was that they, they said again, that they wanted a self starter for a part for a parking garage attendant where it's like, do I have to, I figure when a car drives up to the box that I'm sitting in, that'll be my, that'll be my key to spring into action. (laughs) And you know, so, and, you, and you know what? You didn't give the vibe that you really were going to get that job done. That's not. I don't what know. Were what were you doing? I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm a loser is what it is. Okay. They're like, you know, I'm thinking you're not going to park those cars like really right. the way we need you to. Right. Well, not, but that's the thing. I wasn't. Well, I think anyways, we'll get into <laughs> that on another podcast of my failure in the parking garage. Industry. See, that's a whole episode right there. <laughs> we're going to skip to number five, though, because we don't have time okay. to get to. These other ones. I want no, to go to we number don't. five. Project okay. management. Talk to me about project management because we already just that ties in a lot with what we were just talking about. That's right. Okay. Well, project management is probably something we've learned that's true for creative services organizations in general. Now, mm-hmm. again, let me give you some background. Our firm serves in the niche of the we serve creative digital design and marketing agencies. Mm-hmm. That world, that industry, that profession. They've always had project managers. Right. And that's your niche. You niche down on that hard. So if you're oh, yeah. an uncreative digital, then it's like, no, we don't right. serve no. you. Right. Just if you're creative. Right. Now they've had there was project- a lot. I'm just saying there's a lot of words in your niche that really <laughs> creative digital design and marketing agency. <laughs> So if it it's is a, long. If it's just design and not marketing, no, you have to be design and marketing, or else you're not in our niche. <laughs> Let's just say agencies, <laughs> creative agencies. People know what that okay. means. Anyways, sorry. Yo, so, well, so that so we you know we kind of we learned that professions always had a project manager, okay. and we thought that was interesting, and we studied uh, that, and we started putting that in place in our firm years ago. Nice. And it's even morphing now. We're learning more about what project management does for firm accounting firms, which we think are also mm-hmm. knowledge-based, creative organizations. And basically what we learned is when you what people are what these knowledge workers are doing is they're mm-hmm. doing their work, but they're also doing another function, which is planning, organizing, prioritizing, and managing their work. And we're learning those are actually two different functions of the brain. And we could carve one off of the plate of the creative individual, have them focus on the technical nature of their work, and have other processes and people help them prioritize, manage, and plan work. Because that's a key to creative work, and and that's that's some consulting that Julie and I do, which is not only here's a bunch of creative work, like build a website. 
Mm-hmm. Well, being creative and sitting down and building a website is one thing, but you have to be good at looking into the future, planning it around deadlines, looking right. at the roadblocks, prioritizing, uh, s- stopping yourself from doing things you want to do and doing the things you should do. That's prioritization. Those That's a whole different brain function. And so we've learned to install project management to our firm and to try to roll that into a team, which is sort of a gift to a team is to say, hey, here's part of your work that you were doing and most places would make you do. We want to aid you with a person or with processes to help you do project management, manage and plan because because we've learned in knowledge work planning and the skill of looking ahead and being very intentional about when and, and why you do your work. That's what makes you successful. Right. But most people just they have less like a stack of 80 bajillion tax returns to review. There's yeah. no plan. It, they just look at the stack and they want to just drink bourbon all night. <laughs> right. Because they're or, depressed. Or you go, I don't know where to start. I don't know what to, you just grab one at That's random right. and just go, okay, I'm just going to muscle through. Right. And you just start and, and without and, the direction. And you lose, you lose the ability to muscle through over time. That right. becomes, yeah. it, you know, humans just can't muscle through forever. So, the way you manage that is you plan well, yeah. and a lot of people don't stop and plan. Yeah. And project yeah. management is about helping a, a team plan, and right. then it's then it's helping them do it virtually, which right. is a whole other skill. Yeah, well, well but it's not, but it's related because the intention, the intentionality of the processes that that are part of the project management, that's going to help people in that right. area as well. Right. So, so it sounds like so we need to get Ryan. We do quick. Yeah, but, but really, every, if if we. Uh, Excuse come me. on you're sick man dang come on i know it doesn't matter i'm muscling through uh the uh <laughs> the, uh, the whole the whole message here of this part is intentional you gotta be you Dude, can't you can't it. come to a virtual firm and go we're gonna be virtual we'll figure it out right you, 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 you will you, well you probably will but you'll learn that you'll figure it out the hard way and well, you figure out how intentional you need to be so if you go into this change going from traditional to virtual and you are fully aware of how intentional you need to be. You probably still won't be as intentional as you gotta be, but you're at least going down the right path. Well, right. And yeah. And I can tell you why we know this. Cause I did do what you're saying. Yeah, I yeah. rolled. Here's what I did. No, I'm telling well, I know, you. Cause I know you and you I know, know we're going to be virtual. We'll figure it out. And Dude, now we get to learn from you. That's why you're so, that's, that's why what we it's do. It's so fun to talk to you is you go, I, yeah, we did this and we made all the mistakes. Here's what we Here's what we now, figured out. I locked the doors and turned the lease in and the key to the <laughs> landlord. And I said, y'all, we're going to kill this. Y'all have fun at home. And that that's the training. Yeah. And guess right. what? It did not work well. Right. Right. And then we had to clean up a lot of messes. So right. here we, I'm telling you stuff because yep. I did do it uh, the way you're saying, Greg. Yeah. Okay. Ryan's going to tell us how he did it too. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> right on. Well, let's, right. uh, let's go get him. Get him on the horn. Hey, hey, this is Jason Blummer, and we want to thank our sponsor, Bill.com, a platform we've been using for many years to run our firm's own virtual AP and AR experience for our clients, too. And as is common with Bill.com, they've raised the bar on AP innovation again, and they have a new AI-enabled platform. It offers a sweet new user experience. You'll see it's redesigned, easier to find buttons, more compact. And of course, they got international payments. We love Bill.com. Bill.com, thanks for sponsoring the Thrivecast. Okay, 
Greg, we learned a lot about virtual, so now we're going to get Ryan Lazanis. Uh, Ryan, all the way from Montreal, Canada, right? Yes, sir. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Pleasure to be here. Very cool. Okay. So so we've been talking a lot about virtual, and Greg, you were asking me a lot of questions about the mm-hmm. intentional natures of uh, virtual firms, and Ryan Ryan did that. So, so Ryan, we want to start yeah. by just telling us kind of your history and building the firm you built and, and all the things. So we, so the listeners have some context for, for you. Cool. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, I'm a CPA here, uh, born and raised in Montreal, Canada. And um, I started an accounting career at a very small traditional CPA firm here in Montreal. Uh, you know, it was about a five person firm, uh, really dealt with small businesses from A to Z. And um <laughs> We love the Z for Canada. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, A to Z, A to Z. There we go. <laughs> uh, so, um, so you know, ended up uh, seeing how, like, the inner workings of a traditional firm. Mm-hmm. Um, when I left public practice, I actually never thought I'd go back into a mm-hmm. firm. Uh, you know, I went into uh, industry briefly okay. and um, really just didn't like the routine nature of it. Uh, I always knew I wanted to start a business. I just didn't know what it would be. Uh, all of my training up until that point was in accounting. All of my education was in accounting. My passion was not for accounting, mm-hmm. but that's where my training was. Yeah. Um, yeah. My passion was more around like more disruptive business models. I was always attracted to like to like the Ubers of the world and stuff like that. Yeah. So I wanted to when I started my firm in 2013. I said, okay, I'm going to take my training in accounting and combine my passion for technology and create a new kind of service offering in the country. So uh, I identified more with the entrepreneur. I felt that accounting was painful. I felt it was time consuming. And uh, I started my firm from day one to be a virtual firm. Uh, I was a one-man show. I had no clients. I just had an idea in mind just to kind of make accounting easier for small businesses and craft an experience around that. So I looked at all the pain points that most uh, business owners have with their accounting firm and with their accounting and tried to craft an experience that removed those points of friction and those pain points. Nice. Um, so, so ended up growing the firm to about 15 people over a five-year period. Um, and uh, at the end of 2018, uh, it was acquired by a, a larger corporate services firm in Europe. Um, and uh, I helped transition the firm owner uh, over to, the, the, uh, to them over about a one-year period. So by the end of uh, 2019, I was pretty much fully transitioned out of Zen Accounting. And um, earlier that year, I had started a, a new project called Future Firm, which is basically leaning on my experience from crafting and scaling a modern firm yeah. uh, and helping other firm owners through their modernization journey, whether it be with you know, helping automate processes, helping implement technology, uh, how do you uh, manage and hire a remote workforce, how do you get your business online versus you know, going like knocking on doors and going yeah. to networking cocktails. Yeah. So, so that's what I help firms with now. Um, I do a bit of one-to-one mentoring with a select group of firms. But the other thing I really enjoy doing is producing content. I, yeah, I, nice. I, I kind of, as I grew my past firm and as I was acquiring business online, I really uh, gravitated towards the online marketing aspect of things. And I think most of what I do is um, you know, I have a, a bit of a marketing hat on at the moment. Ah, cool. I really enjoy producing content, uh, blogging. I have a podcast, uh, but one of the things I enjoy the most is uh, my weekly newsletter. So I send mm-hmm. it to about uh, uh, over a thousand firm leaders uh, across North America, where I curate 
the top five pieces of content that I found that week that help uh, firm owners modernize. And Jason, as you know, I've featured you plenty of times in there. Yes, you and have. A bit of a shameless plug here for anyone that's interested in uh, getting signed up on that <laughs> newsletter. Just head over to www.futurefirm.co slash top five. Yeah, so, cool. so that's and really we'll, what I'm up to at the moment, guys. Okay, and we'll put that link in the show notes too um, if, so people can sign up for the newsletter and, of course, get all the articles you post. Of course, you're posting mine too, so <laughs> mine will end up in the newsletter. There we go. Greg, I don't know if your articles will be there. So No, I don't think mine will <laughs> Will be there. Yours I've are got, good, though. I I've think got I my, might have had a few in there at one point. My, Greg my, might have <laughs> what? That's it's possible. Me, it's possible. I got to go back in the archives. My 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 five my five best workouts of the day for accountants during busy season. Did I hit it? There might be that might that might make that was, it in there. It was good. It was mostly like skip skip today. That was the top one. <laughs> so, um, all right, let's dive in, man. Yeah, totally. So, so you, so with what you've been through and with what you're doing right now, um, it, it, this is, this is a great place to just launch into virtual firms. What between you creating your own virtual firm, which is interesting because your journey was different from Jason's. Jason took a traditional firm and he took it to the to the to vir- to a virtual firm Mm -hmm. model you just started right from the beginning with virtual but you're obviously working with people who are transitioning from traditional firm to virtual firm so what do you see as being like the biggest challenge that either that both you faced and that the people you work with face in in going to that virtual business model yeah so so I was working like at the outset, I was working with clients 100% virtually, but the team was 100% centralized in the office. Ah, okay. So, so that made it a little bit easier. Like, I think most firms today, they have one of the biggest difficulties is acquiring talent and retaining yeah. talent. Yeah. And, you know, we certainly felt that as well. And, you know, I think it helped to expand that pool of talent across, you know, certain, a certain radius. So as we were trying to hire people, you know, we were getting great candidates from, you know, other parts of the country. And we said, we already have the tools in place. We already have the technology in place. Uh, we already work with our clients remotely. Like we never see them in person. So why don't we just try bring some remote team members on uh, into the mix? Hmm. And, you know, that was a very gradual process where over, let's say, a one and a half year period, we went from fully, uh, like a fully physical office with the team to a hundred percent remote. And I don't think I'd ever go back. So there's probably Ah, a few differences between uh, our, our, um, our experiences, but I think one of the biggest challenges, and I think you had a great article, Jason, about like the seven things you've learned in your journey to move to a virtual firm. Yeah. I think one of them is like, you have to have structured processes to keep the culture together. Okay, so that's what we talked about in the first part of the show. That is so well. How did you figure that out, Ryan? Because that was we ran so hard into that. Like, what do you remember? What led you to go? All right, wait. We have to do this on purpose if it's going to work at all. Yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, one thing that was very important for me was creating an accounting firm that wasn't like a complete drag to work in. Because I think (laughs) a lot of people have worked in firms and it can get very, very boring. And what? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> really? You might have heard that before. You, yeah. you might have heard that. Before. Yeah, that's so true. But like how do you create an environment that's stimulating, that has like a good vibe, a good culture, nothing, you know, a little bit more laid back. And that's yeah. what I was trying to create with that in-office experience. 
you know, we had the foosball tables and the snacks and all that kind of stuff. And like, that's cool and all, but how do you maintain a vibe? And, you know, when start people starting going virtual, uh, I think we noticed that early on because we still had a few people in the office and then we had some people remotely. So Mm. how do you get everybody on the same page? Yes. And I think what some people do at the initially is like, okay, well, I'll go to the conference room and we'll put a little laptop in the corner and you'll see a few people on Skype or Zoom that are working remotely. And that just creates uh, a mismatch between... Uh, you know, a two mismatch. Ex- exactly. Two different cultures. Oh, okay. So, an, so. an in-office culture and then a virtual culture. Exactly. And then they, is that a competing type? Exactly. Thing? Okay. I, and I think the in-office culture typically wins there. Ah. So, so how do you get everybody on the same page? And one of the things early on that we did is we said, okay, if we're going to have a meeting, no matter, let's say even 75% of us are in the office, we still all have to be on Zoom. So we could see everyone's face, everyone's on the same page. So that was one step. And then another step in the process is, okay, maybe we're seeing each other less and less, and maybe it's becoming a bit too robotic on on Slack. And um, like, how do we bring the team together a little bit more often and talk about and and kind of emulate that water cooler talk that you don't get? So maybe scheduling some touch points during the week, you know, like Mm. for me, I'd recommend like, one little touch point on on Monday to talk about what you did that weekend and another one on Friday to talk about what's coming up on the weekend and then a weekly team meeting and having a few scheduled meetings where you have the whole team involved and some of them where they're not you're not just talking about work i think like that's an example of a process that you could implement to bring the team together and talk about other things other than work so it's just a very simple example but you have to have some structure behind it otherwise i think people will feel disconnected from your firm. Mm. So one of the things, and this came up when Jason and I were talking before we got you on here, but it's obviously coming up again. And I think this, I, I, I believe this is important for a lot of accountants because with me, when I look at work, I go, okay, here's what we're here to do. We're here to, to, to produce whatever it is. I work in industry, so I've got, I've got different things I'm supposed to do. When I was at the firm I was, it's like we're going to bang out tax returns. We're going to implement uh, software. We're going to do that. So we're going to you know, audit your, your books, these sort of things. One of the things that I think is very easy, probably in all professions, but I'd say we maybe have a higher proclivity for it in accounting, is to discount the social and relational aspects of work and just kind of go, well, that's not really what we're here for, so I'm not going to really worry about that. But I think with with humans, with how we are, we do need that social and relational side of things. And, and I mean, and even being intentional with that sounds like part of what you're doing with your culture. Both, both of you guys had to do that to, to create that. Like you're saying a virtual, a virtual water cooler time. Like what do you, what sort of things do you talk? Cause I, I can't even, you know what? Cause again, I bump into guys when I'm at work, I don't, I don't have a virtual set setting and it'd be kind of difficult cause I work in with commercial real estate. So we have to be at the buildings quite a lot because that's what we work on. But um, like, so Greg, you're saying what, 
what makes like other than your job of accounting and taxes, what makes your job enjoyable? What well, no, are the things you talk about? Well, how do you do it where it's, where it's just not weird? Where it's like, okay, guys, we're gonna get together on Thursday at four to talk about not work things. So would you <laughs> please come with a with a prioritized list of not work items that you'd like to to chit chat about? Yeah. So Number one, share your favorite color. Right. That is the first question right. we're going to discuss. Right. So every like 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 you so you plan these uh, these first date meetings where it's like we're get, we're just going to be weird around each other uh, for a little while because that's so what do you do? How do you do that? And you do it right. Like I'm not going to lie, there are some of those instances where it's yeah. like well, that was a little bit weird. Like yeah, okay, we, yeah. we talk about it like, you know, months later we say, "Yeah, remember that? That was a little bit strange." So you have to be prepared for those kind of things. I think okay. you have to try you have to be able to experiment Okay. Um, but I think it could be as simple as like, look, every Monday we're going to meet. You know, if you're available, great. If you're not available, it's not mandatory. We're going to have a meeting. We're just going to lay, lay, you know, 30 minute meeting, chat a little bit. What'd you do this weekend? Talk about what you did this weekend. Anything uh, else on your mind? That kind of thing. You know, just keep it very informal. You know, other types of topics bubble up when, when you know, when, when you open up the floor a bit. And, um, you know, another thing that I did that was popular was. You know, every few weeks we had would have like a game session, and a different person would be in charge of like picking out a virtual game of some sort. Oh, okay. cool! Like a charades, or I don't know, oh. different types of like <laughs> games that you can find online, and, and you all play it together. And okay. some of those games work out well, and other ones don't. But it it gives you a time to kind of bond with the team and not just talk about work. I, I think. Okay. That's important. okay so yeah, it's recognizing we're we actually we're part of this group, right? It, so we're not, we are here to work, but we also can be in a place to enjoy one another. So you got to right. create other experiences to actually enjoy right. the people you're with. So, and, and if you're trying to, because Ryan, what you were saying too, you wanted to create a firm that didn't suck to work at. Yeah. And that's, and that's really where we get back to this relational time. So here's another thing, Jason, we talked, uh, there was, there was a guest we had on a, a long time ago who we were talking with him about, um, about like how to, how to, plan a great retreat with your, yeah. with your firm. Mm -hmm. How, what for, I guess for both of you guys, let me, cause I'm the guy who doesn't do this and doesn't know anything. I'm the non-expert of our group. So I'll ask the questions. Do you guys, do you plan face to face meetings with people? Not just as a group. Like I, I want to know, yeah, but I want to know about question. that. Do you pull your whole team together physically at, at intervals or at times Oh, and, and the other thing is, do you ever, like, if you've got, let's say you've got, you know, a half a dozen staff who are located all over the place, do you ever just fly them in or do you go out to visit them? What, what sort of face to face things do you intentionally plan a, or do you not have to do that? Or is that not necessary? That's a great question. Ryan, take that question. That's a really good question. Yeah. I think it's absolutely critical to have at least one team outing of some sort once a year. Okay. Okay. So a retreat. So if the firm is mostly virtual or if you have, yeah, if, if I think if you're a virtual firm, you need to bring everybody together. So, so we would certainly do that is once a year, at least sometimes twice a year, bring everybody together, fly everybody in. And some people, like I know some firms that, you know, it's, it's a several day thing. They plan the retreat for, it's like, you know, over, uh, over a two, three day period. And they have like, um, you know, work sessions, for instance. For me, what I did is like I said, look, we do enough work during the year. We have enough meetings during the year. When we do a retreat, 
I don't even want to talk about work. Mm, and okay. we're just having a fun outing where, you know, we're going out, we're having dinner, we're having drinks, we have, you know, some activities planned. Um, you know, we had an awesome, uh, you know, the last retreat that I did, we had an awesome, awesome, what, uh, what was it? Uh, uh, the word is escaping me right now, but we you're, you know, planting clues around the city and oh, scavenger hunt, scavenger like hunt. Yeah. 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 Okay. And it was amazing. And you know what? Like it didn't That's even really cool. cost that much. And it was like probably the biggest hit out of all of the, yeah. all the retreats that we had done. So like, nice. it was like, and you come back re-energized. People are much closer together. Like uh, that team spirit is very important if you're going to run, run a firm. Yeah. 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 No, I think that, yeah, that is important. And we do that too. And it is, um, because you, yeah, you can just do so much team building and culture building virtually when you're just looking at a screen, right? When yeah. there is so, there is so much nuance you get, uh, when you're with people. Um, but Ryan, that leads us to another question. Like, let's well, talk well, wait, about, wait. Oh, go ahead. I don't want to get too far, but, but there's no, like, you don't have like one-on-one, uh, like, uh, in person. Is that not, that's not part of it. Is you, yeah. For you guys, you found that if you get the whole group together, yeah. uh, from time to time that that's good, but you don't have to be like, and then once a year, I'm going to, I'm going to go out to, uh, Vancouver to, to, to hang out with my two guys who are in Vancouver. You know, you it's not a bad idea. I think like there would be team members that would do that at various points in the year, you know, like someone would be visiting, visiting Vancouver oh, and there's a few yeah. team members there. So they'd get together and like, I'd always like sponsor those. Like, look, if you're getting together with people, yeah, like oh. Zen accounting is going to sponsor that. Oh, you know cool. What I mean? Cool. Like, yeah. Okay. You know, that, that, that was my approach when I was running the phone. Okay. So know? when yeah. they'd get together, if they're, if they're getting together, you guys, if you guys go out to dinner, it's on me, that kind of thing. Exactly. That's yeah. cool. That's yeah. pretty sweet. I yeah. Like and that's, that. that's what we do. And I, I think Ryan, we did it. We do it the way you, you did it, which is we don't necessarily go to a one-on-one with people. Mm. Uh, but if we're there, we'll, we'll go see them if we're near right. there. Oh, like, okay. like Julie went to Texas uh, recently. And so she went to dinner with one of our team members that's in Texas, Yeah, you know, because she was going to be there. And so that's just really important to do. You, you guys were out here for, what was that? Scaling Heights? Yeah. Scaling New Heights yeah, yeah, in yeah. Salt Lake? Yeah. Yeah. And so you're like, we're in Salt Lake. Greg's in, in basically yeah, in Salt Lake. Let's have that's dinner. It. Yeah. So okay. Yeah, we that wanna, makes we sense. Wanna, we want to we want to be together. So if so. It, so just if it, if it, if the if the stars align, yeah, exactly. Hang out when you can. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I dig that. Yeah. I dig yeah. that. That's cool. Now, so Ryan, let's ask you some questions about millennials. Mm-hmm. And it like is does that even like should we even stereotype a certain age of people? Like, would you say yes. most of your t- <laughs> yes. were, were most of your team members millennial, or are they different? Like. You know, people that have been in firms a long time want to know how to care for them better, lead them better, or is it they're just humans like everybody else? Like, well, what, yes, what do you just think? Humans, about? but <laughs> I think there's different. Yeah, I think there's different characteristics that differentiate them from different generations. So, okay, uh, I think so. So um, it is real. This, yeah. this, okay, so it's real. And, you know, a lot of what we did was really tailored towards those generations, not just millennials. You have to think about Gen Z now as well. You That's know? true. And, and, That's true. You know, but um, look, I'm 36. I was, you know, usually the oldest one there, sometimes the second oldest one there. So that's a pretty young team. Yeah, for um, sure. And, um, you know, I could be considered probably millennial as well. Yeah. Um, but I think like, look, what I think what that generation is looking for today is they want a lot of flexibility. They want a lot of freedom. 
they're going to put in the hard work, but if you're going to breathe down their neck, it's just not going to work out, you know? Mm. So, um, freedom, flexibility, you know, focus on the output rather the input. Uh, you know, those were big themes that, that, that were, that were quite important when I ran the firm and we really pushed that. Like when we were looking to, um, you know, attract talent and, and, and hire, it was really pushing the freedom, flexibility, you do what you need to do to get the work done, and we're not going to be really breathing down your neck. Now, do, do some struggle more than others? Like some can enjoy and leverage that freedom in a way to really work hard, get a lot of work done, do, become great team members, whereas some with that freedom, they just they struggle. They didn't structure themselves well enough. Do different people respond in different ways when you give them that type of freedom? Yeah, I think like it all comes down to the hiring process. And one of the mm. things that I always tested for was, and I think, and this is a generalization I'm making, but I think that generation was raised differently, you know? Yeah. Um, okay. you know? So it's like a lot of times they could do no wrong kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and that leads to a bit of a sense of entitlement. You know, I thought, I think a lot of the older generations say that those, the millennials yeah. have a sense of entitlement and, um, they have to kind of go through some, uh, learning experiences before they get to be where they want to be. So that <laughs> the opposite of sense of entitlement for me is, uh, humbleness. Mm. So, you know, I was incorporating those kind of questions into a lot of the, um, initial, ah. uh, early, uh, interview, uh, nice. the initial recruitment process. So yeah. wait, wait, like you would be, you'd be like, so, Hey, just tell me real quick. Tell me how humble you are. <laughs> <laughs> there are certain questions that I wasn't, I wouldn't ask. The, I mean, obviously you can't ask that. And you're they're like, Oh my gosh, I am like, I'm so my humble. mom, my mom used to tell me that I was the most humble ever. <laughs> you're hired. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and look, a lot of like these things that I'm going through is because I've made mistakes in the earlier days days where I yeah. brought on people and say, whoa, like, you know, that was just not, didn't fit the culture. And like, sure. these are the types of traits that I'm looking for. And humble yeah. was like my number one. So mm -hmm. how do you develop interview questions that test for that? You know, so I, I would actually have a few questions that would test for that very, very well. Um, and if those questions were failed, would not even move to the next step. You got to tell us what the questions are. <laughs> or do, you know, do you remember them? Or maybe so, you don't you know yeah, he's like, I'm, I'm, I've, I've taken my HR hat off some time ago, <laughs> but, uh, but look, look the, what the biggest thing is, the biggest thing is like, do you take accountability for your actions and you, for your mistakes? So I think the oh, simplest okay. question is what's the biggest mistake you've ever made? Okay. If nobody can answer, if you can't answer that question and if you place, when you're answering that question, if you're placing the blame on others, that's yeah. a bad mm. sign. Yeah. Okay. And the other cool. question I would highly recommend is there's um there's a book called Hiring for Attitude. And there's uh. a question in that book which is which is probably the best interview question you can ask and it has to do around coachability. Is somebody okay. coachable or is they or, or are they not coachable? Huh. And there's a coachability question in that book. I'm not going to go through it because it's like a series of five questions that you have to ask in a specific way. And okay. that would always uncover a ton of information huh. and, and, and part of it would, would, would uncover whether they were, um, uh, they were able to self-assess themselves. And usually that's an indication of like whether that's, you're humble or not. That's yes, good. Yeah. Okay. No, I like Ryan, how you're hooking up. You're saying if you can dive in to find out if a team member was able to be self-assessing of yes. themselves, 
that is a sign of humbleness Yes, to recognize that I'm not perfect. I have a lot to learn so I can actually go through the process myself of evaluating my own mistakes or, you know, exactly. things I'm doing well too. Exactly. If you could self-assess, that's a really good sign for in a lot of different areas, but that was my number one question. And nice. for my recruitment process, I implemented an app called Spark Hire, mm. which is basically a one-way video interview where the candidate has to ask us, uh, answer a series of questions using their webcam on their own time. And first that test, can they use the technology? Yeah, right. If can't use yeah. the technology, how are you going to work remotely? Like, right. and, and, and like, are you able to like troubleshoot with like support if it doesn't work? And some uh, people would fail that step. Huh. Um, Love. And, Wait, so, you, so you'd intentionally make it crash so they had to go <laughs> to, to tech support? Well, I wouldn't go that far, but some people would not be able to get it to work on their computer. So, right. you know, they say, I can't get it to work. I said, okay, did you try it on your phone? Did you try it on your tablet? Did you yeah. get the support? If mm-hmm. I have to ask those questions, like what does that say for your problem solving skills? Nice. Right. Yeah. No, that's great. I love that, man. That's yeah. because, well, Ryan, you and I know hiring in a virtual world is really difficult, right? Um, because yeah. I don't know, Ryan, if you did it this way, but we do not fly people here in no. person to interview them, which yeah. That would have done so much, but in a virtual world, you kind of can't really do that because no. you can hire anybody anywhere, which is the benefit of virtual, but you lose so much. So these little tips are super cool for a yeah. virtual firm. I love it. Okay. Yeah. So I got so I got another question. This is maybe going back to what you were saying about, you know, some, you know, are, are these are these hires, especially millennials, are they able to to be self-directed? Um, or are they not able to manage themselves very well? Yeah. What's what's your guys' take on because you can because a lot of times the the stereotype of a virtual employee is that they're doing the tax return in their jammies on their couch mm-hmm. on their laptop, which is um, cool. That's what, cool. Which, which is cool if you can do it. But the funny thing is, <laughs> I know I know my own self, and I know that days that I do, you know, well, what I live in Utah, you live in Montreal, there's snow that happens where it makes Mm -hmm. it just hard to get into work. So there's been days recently where I've gone, it's just too much snow. I'm not even going to bother going in. Um, I'll try to just not do the stuff, you know, there's plenty I can do at home, but then I find myself getting distracted with going, I can throw in a load of laundry and that's (laughs) not going to, that's not going to take much time. And then it does. Right. Um, so do you, so what are your guys takes on a home, a home office or even a remote employee, like going and getting like a, like, like a, a, a a shared workspace or, or some kind of office space? What's the, do your employees do that? Is that, how does that all work? Yeah. What do you think, Ryan? That's good. Those are good, good questions. I think like it comes down to, and I think Jason, you had this in your article, like, uh, I forget the exact point in your article about the things you've learned from building or moving to a virtual firm, yeah. but you have to kind of test if that person is able to work in a virtual environment. Like yeah. we had people that came on board like earlier on, we said, yeah, okay, we're a virtual firm now. And like, okay, we bring this person on and you know, they don't have a dedicated work area yeah. and then they forgot that they're have their kid at home and then they can't focus and then it yeah, doesn't right. work out. You know what I mean? So there's certain yeah. things that you think you have to ask in the interview uh, pro, uh, the interview process, the recruitment process to determine if like you think they're going to work out in that kind of environment. And if like some people say like, no, no, I need that, like that face to face time. 
that's maybe not a good indication that person is going to work out. And when it comes to the question of like whether they're self-directed to get the work done or not, I mean, that's always a tough one, I think, to test for. Um, oh, uh, yeah. You know, so yeah, yeah. at the oh. end of the day, I just say this is what needs to get done. These are the results that are expected. Like the way you get there is up to you. You want to do it in your pajamas. You want to, you want to be doing it on the airplane. You want to be doing it in the airport lounge. Like we had people doing that. I don't care if you have a good internet connection, if you're like yeah. accessible, if you communicate well to the clients, if they're happy and the deadlines are being met and the quality of work is good, how you get there is not important to me. If you want to so, do it on your sofa and your jammies, go for it. So, so do you, when you're, when you're hiring people, do you ask questions like that? Do you say, Okay, so we're virtual. Do you have a dedicated workspace in your home? Do you ask them that question? Yeah, that question, yes. Do you yeah. do you say, "Hey, we're a virtual firm. Do you have do you have toddlers?" Do you ask that? Do you, you have to be careful. Them? I don't even know if you could ask that question. I don't know. No, I don't you can't, that's exactly. You can't, it, I don't, that's no, you can't you can't ask that stuff. So so you have to get around it. You know, you have to get around it somehow without getting sued. Uh, that's right. important. I mean, <laughs> like I, I would never, I don't think I would ask that, that the latter question there, but like, certainly do you have a dedicated work area where you can focus? You know, yeah. okay. I think yeah. that's a pretty, pretty yeah, simple sure. one. Yeah. And like, yeah. I think like, um, you know, we had a, we work in Montreal, like people mm-hmm. want like a big chunk of the team was in Montreal. So like people want to go into the, we work and maybe collaborate a little bit here yeah. and there, go for it. Yeah. You know, there's people in Toronto, there's a shared workspace there. You know, mm-hmm. so I think you can have different pods depending on okay. where your team is. Right. Um, but obviously, if like every single person on your team wants one dedicated work area for themselves, that could become a bit costly as well. Yeah, right. Because right. that's what that's what I was going to get to. Because I would say, because for me, I know that when I'm working at home, I don't. I, first off, probably would be better if I did. I have a nice table in my you know living dining area that can that I can, that I work at when I work at home, not necessarily dedicated. If I had a dedicated office office, probably go there. My mind would shift. I'd probably do better. Do you guys give your people any kind of stipend or any kind of allowance to be able for, for, a for a, to, to make their home office more like better and more productive? Is that anything that happens in a, in a virtual setting? So I, I, what I'd recommend is you have to provide the tools that allow your team members to be productive, right? Uh-huh. Dual monitors, high quality, like uh, headsets, high quality, uh, video, uh, like webcam, like all of these mm. things that allow you to be productive and engage in, you know, high quality conversations with the client and team. You need to provide my recommendations. Yeah. You need to provide your team with that. Right, like no. some good over-the-ear headphones, like yeah. the PSB M4U. <laughs> yes, not the small little ones, Greg. Yeah, not the not the earbuds. Okay, <laughs> no, I get no. you. I read you. <laughs> All right, so we're 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 running out of time. So we let's we got like one minute left. Okay, Jason, so, you you hit it. You've been chomping in the bit, and I keep interrupting you. Yeah, this is so just one. This is really important, Ryan. This would be great for us to to get your insight for this last minute. Like, how do you how do you cr- how do you increase your online presence? Like mm. this, this virtual marketing function that I think is really difficult for really any company, but, but accounting firms, they're going to probably really struggle with increasing your online presence. And Ryan, you, you did that. Well, people knew of you and your firm, like, how did you do it? W- what's some tips there? So there's a ton of noise online. You go on social media, you're probably scrolling through thousands of posts a day, tons of blogs out there. Like, how do you cut through the noise? And I think it comes down to 
And look, I had a lot of success with blogging. I love blogging. Some people have a lot of success on social media, YouTube, newsletter, whatever. I think it comes down to first understanding who your ideal client is and understanding what their challenges and problems are and putting out content that actually solves those problems. Mm. 99% of the content out there does not do that, right? So if you understand your market, if you understand their challenges, and you could put out content that actually solves those problems, they're going to find you if you do it. I mean, we're not going to get into the nitty nitty gritty of how you actually publish all this stuff, but they're going to be able to find you. They're going to connect with you. And they likely have other challenges that need, they need help with, you know? So that's what I, my approach with blogging is, look, I understand the mark. I understand who I'm going after. I understand what the big challenges are. And I write about that stuff and I give them a way to contact me at the end of the article, let's say, for more information, you know? So that's the real basics of it. Most people are putting out content that is not solving problems. Ah, oh, okay. So, so content can be, can be milk toast type bland general. Yes. You're saying if you're going to commit the time to content, which takes a lot of commitment to yep. produce, why not solve specific problems that you've studied that you know the market you're targeting is having? And that's exactly. that's just a key. The, it's mean, the type of content. It's the basics, really. Okay, good stuff. Okay, we're out of we're out of time. We could have kept talking, man. There's like totally. so much to virtual. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, it's cool, Ryan. You mentioned some stuff Greg and I were talking about earlier, and you just giving us your insights to what you've done is really cool. So Yeah, uh, they, so, they, and thank you so much for, for uh, carving out some time to be with us and to, to join us on our podcast. Well, I had, totally a, appreciate I had it. a real real pleasure, and uh, really thank you both for inviting me. Yeah, of thanks, course, thanks of Ryan, course, for man. being here. All right, yeah, we're out. Right on. Thanks, man. Thanks a lot, guys. Dude, that was so awesome. Ryan, it was so cool. He was... He was referencing some stuff we were already talking about in the part you and I were were yeah. were doing. That was so cool, right? Well, and and it was so cool. Like some of the just nuts and bolts stuff. I loved what he was talking about with the uh, the interview, the uh, yeah, interviewing team. people. And oh yeah, and 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 uh, yeah. I wish I I jotted down what the name was of that uh, that uh, that that one way interview app that he Spark, uses. Spark Hire. Spark Hire. There you go. So, so all that stuff. It's cool getting nuts. Like getting real. Oh, yeah. pretty like this is the stuff that works oh, oh so, yeah yeah this will cool be cool yeah. well cool so we just want to remind everybody make sure you know if you want to uh send in a question i answer questions on the ask jason question series every monday at 2 p.m uh-huh. uh we so that's a facebook live we then record stick on linkedin and stuff like that so yep send that in send a question to info yeah. at thrival.com or hit us up on a social it- channel and it's a great way to really stick it to Mark Zuckerberg when you post a Facebook Live on LinkedIn. So I think that That's really why we do that, it. that gets under his skin so hard. He he is he it always he always emails me. He's like Jason again. Again, stop with this, man, dude. Awesome. You're, you're making me look bad, Jason. <laughs> So infothrival.com, check out the show notes. Go to uh, dw.thrival.com to sign up for Deeper Weekend. Yep. Go to thrival.com to figure out other stuff. Um, how can people find you on the internet if they want to chit-chat with you? Well, if they want to go to the internet, they can find me in Twitter, Jason M. Blummer. Nice. And how, how do they find you, Greg Kite, at Greg Kite? That that's a great way to do it is to go go to anything and put in at Greg Kite and you will likely find me or a firefighter from Louisiana. Probably me though. Probably. 
probably so the, me. Does the firefighter from Louisiana, is he into like content production for accounting? No, but no. he's handsome. He's a silver fox, this yeah. guy. Oh, so, nice. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's got a, he's got a great, <laughs> had great, great profile pick going on there. <laughs> Let's so, look him up. Yeah. All right. Everybody tell <laughs> us what you think about the firefighter, Greg Kite from Louisiana. <laughs> Uh, yeah. In the comments to the show, I'll, we'll appreciate I'll, it. I'll, I'll tweet out a picture of him later oh. today. <laughs> All right. Perfect. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We love you guys. We'll see you next time. All right. All right.